0: Alex, uh, if you were checking your news feeds this morning, you may have heard the news that uh, Harmonix is apparently getting back into the rock band business. Though, if you also haven't been checking your news feeds this morning and you've just been paying attention to any game news whatsoever over the last couple of months, I'd say you probably had something of an inkling that they were going to be going back into the rock band business eventually. Uh, as it turns out, they will in fact be uh, releasing what is currently titled Rock Band 4 later this year. Uh, the last time the, this company put out a Rock Band game, I was still working for them uh, in their PR com- community department. So it's been about five years now. Uh, the franchise was on hiatus for a good long while there after the plastic instrument craze kind of died out. Uh, but now it's coming back. And I kind of wanted to find out what those guys were thinking as far as like why they would bring it back now. What they're kind of planning for this sequel. So uh, the folks at Harmonix were good enough to talk to me for a little bit about just kind of what their overall vision for this latest sequel will be. Uh, kind of, They're still pretty early, so they don't have a whole lot to talk about in terms of like specifics, features, song list, anything like that, but they kind of gave some indications about what they're trying to do, uh, both just kind of from an overall perspective design wise and also just what they're trying to do for people who maybe already have a whole bunch of plastic instruments laying around in their apartment and a whole bunch of songs that they spend a bunch of money on over the years. Uh, I also got to talk to them a little bit about uh, Amplitude, their uh, their revival of that uh, franchise that's coming this summer, uh, a game which I was a backer on Kickstarter on, just to uh, just to be totally clear about that. Uh, and they also talked to me a little bit just about some uh, some other stuff in regards to the kind of overall direction of the company and just where things are at these days with them. So without further ado, uh, the first interview here is with uh, Harmonix's cre- current creative director, former CEO, Alex Rogopoulos. So Alex, it's been about four years now since the last time I was here uh, talking to you guys about what what direction you guys were headed in. Uh, a lot of changes happened in that time. How, how are you doing? How, how has the company been doing?
1: Uh, it's well. It's been a long four years. We've we've we have done and been through quite a lot in the last four years. You know, our kind of second incarnation as a, as an independent studio after uh, departing Viacom. Um, this is actually a great time to be talking again because, as you know, with the announcement of Rock Band Four coming, it's a really amazing time at the studio right now. We're having a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it seems like, like things are, are definitely kind of transitioning in, in different directions. And I mean, you yourself uh, in the last couple of years have made a, a pretty significant change. You've moved over to the creative director role from the CEO role. How have you been finding that?
1: Uh, I've been loving it. Uh, I had actually been searching for years to find someone to hand the CEO job to because I, I really wanted to turn my attention back to the creative side of the work, which is just way more gratifying for me personally. And so I'm actually having a lot more fun now than I have for quite some time.
0: Uh, so, we're here to talk about the next sequel in, in the Rock Band franchise. Uh, it's been about five years now, or, you know, it will be five years uh, when, when this game comes out since it's been on store shelves. Why now? Why is the time, this the time to bring back Rock Band?
1: Um, well, after Rock Band 3 back in 2010, clearly we needed to take a break. Uh, the franchise needed a rest. The market needed a rest. Um, and so we clearly were going to step away for you know at least two or three years from from, uh, from rock band, and then you know there were a number of factors that we've been paying attention to since then. Uh, the first is just installed base of the eighth gen consoles. We you know we kind of had to wait until there were enough consoles out there to justify uh, the investment because for us as an independent studio this is a huge bet. Um, and then the second uh, was just paying attention to the the kind of. Uh, temperature of the of the marketplace of our fans um, in that you know a lot of even our fans back at that point were like okay we're ready for a break and uh, but over the last I'll call it about a year there's been this really palpable crescendo of people saying what the hell guys, it's time. We're ready for Rock Band again. Like, please, please, please bring us this game. And those, those demands from the audience, please bring us the next Rock Band, have just been getting getting louder and more frequent over the course of the last year. So clearly was something happening in the market. And then I would say the third thing we were waiting for is just for us to get to a point where we felt the creative fire in our belly again and had a clear vision for what we wanted to accomplish in the next title, and, and a point came, you know, over the course of the last year, where we finally had that vision for where we wanted to go with the franchise next, and so all those forces kind of came together at the same time, and it was clear that we, you know, we were ready to go back at it.
0: Uh, I know we're not talking too heavily about specifics for you know what the game is yet at this point, but you know, in in your words and as far as you can describe, you know, what is that vision for Rock Band now in in two thousand fifteen?
1: Well, so first of all, there are some basic functional, uh, requirements that we had to attend to, you know, these aren't creative things, but they're vitally important to our audience. Um, and we know this from having talked to them for years. One is, um, uh, the, Back compatibility with the DLC libraries, like people, we have a lot of fans who have bought hundreds, or in some cases thousands, of songs for the game. Spent a lot of money. It's really important that we protect those the investments that our fans have made in that music. And so we've been working very hard with our, the first party partner, Sony and Microsoft, to uh, make sure that we can get all that content migrated forward, including, uh, you know, the purchase histories, the content itself. There's a lot. It's, it's a Completely manual process, there's a ton of work involved, but a totally necessary thing that we've, you know, we've had to be working on, so there's that. And then also, uh, back compatibility with instruments as well. People spend a lot of money on hardware, and they would like to be able to use that hardware. I mean, Some people want to buy shiny new hardware, but a lot of people would like to use the instrument that they already have, and so we're working very hard with the first parties to do everything we can on that front as well. So those are these sort of functional baseline. Um, Beyond that, I would say that, uh, you know, we're not talking too much yet about the specifics of what we're doing in the title, but I would say, you know, there were two requirements. One is that we had to protect the core, that there was a core gameplay experience there that was really one of the most fun experiences in gamingdom in the seventh generation, and we didn't want to tamper with what wasn't broken. Um, So there is that going to be that familiar core, but at the same time, that's just not enough. People need something new. And so it was really critical to us that we had something fundamentally new to bring to the table to really build out the experience in, in uh, different ways. And so as we th- we thought about like where we needed to innovate, um, I would say that there are, you know, we we view the dimensions of the rock band experience as kind of falling along three axes. There is the kind of hardcore competitive score chaser axis. It's not the majority of the audience, but it's a very passionate minority core of the audience that really cares about every note optimizing, you know, overdrive deployment, really just, like, optimizing for score. And those hardcore players need to be well-attended to, and um, I don't think ever really were adequately attended to in prior incarnations of the game, so that's one area that we're thinking about. Um, The other is... uh, sort of what I call just, like, stupid living room party fun. Mm -hmm. Like, just drinking with a bunch of friends, listening to rock music, playing rock band in your living room. No one cares about the score at all. It's just all about showmanship and, like, you know, drunk party fun. And uh, so that's an area that was, of course, a core part of the experience uh, before, and we felt like we could do more with. We could really just go deeper after, like, that, like, that fundamental party experience. And then the third area is just... The, the narrative dimension of a, of a kind of career experience, a progression experience in the game that is fulfilling aside from either the score chasing or the sort of like party experience. And those are the three big experiential buckets where we, we, we felt we wanted to bring something new, new to the table in every one of them. So with Rock Band 3, you know, that game <clears throat> was
0: critically accramed for a lot of reasons. And one of those reasons was because it offered a hell of a lot of different stuff, you know, new instruments, the pro guitar stuff, all that kind of thing. What you're describing sounds like a little bit more of just the core of what Rock Band is, you know, and I'm wondering, does this new game have a place for some of that stuff like pro guitars and keyboards and all that kind of stuff, or is that maybe not really the focus of this title?
1: Uh, it's. I would say it's not the focus. We, um, you know, we... we... Doing a lot of uh, soul searching and, and looking back at Rock Band 3, like on the one hand, it was our, you know, it was like the highest reviewed game that we ever shipped. It was a Metacritic 93 title, and we're really proud of that. But we, we also feel that in a lot of ways in Rock Band 3, we didn't quite get it right. And one of the ways in which that I think we didn't get it right is that there was too much feature sprawl it started trying to become too many things to too many different people. And there, there was a lot in the title that just went in a lot of different directions. And I think that you know, one of the philosophies coming back to Rock Band 4 is focus on the, 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 heart, the experiential heart of the title and go deeper on that, as opposed to sort of broadening out in all these ancillary directions that aren't so important to most of your players.
0: In terms of the the work that's going into, you know, trying to make backward-compatible instruments with, with new platforms, trying to bring your library over to that stuff, I mean, I, obviously you can't talk about the whole of the work or anything, but, like, you know, like, wh- wh- like what level of challenge is that? Because I know how, how Sony and Microsoft can be about their, their, you know, their controller technology, and I imagine that getting them to work with you to try and make this old stuff work with their new hardware is maybe not the easiest thing in the world. Uh,
1: it is not the easiest thing in the world. That is uh, that is for certain. Um, but, you know, both Sony and Microsoft are great partners for us. They, you know, they want their consumers to be happy too. And like there is work to be done, in some cases, very difficult work to be done from either a technology or, stand, you know, t- a policy standpoint. Um, but, you know, they, they are working very hard with us to find uh, to find solutions. Now, there are
0: there will be new hardware with the, with this game. Uh, and you guys are in, essentially self publishing. I, I, I know that mad cats is, is going to be working with you on, on some level, but like you in the past when rock band was out there, you know, you had EA, you had MTV sort of, you know, helping to finance that stuff. Hardware as, as everyone knows is a very expensive proposition. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious both, you know, in the decision to go as an independent publisher, you know, what what kind of drove you in that direction? And also, are you, you know, is it going to be a huge challenge to get hardware into stores again?
1: Um, Well, look, it's it's always enormously challenging to ship giant boxes into game retail, you know. Um, But... There are a number of factors. Um, I I mean, first of all, I should say that actually there are a number of distributors that we are still actively talking about potentially working with. Mm. You know, we haven't made a decision about whether to to, to go down any of those paths, but there's certainly a a baseline plan to bring the product to market ourselves. Um, And... um, you know, what I will say is that we're taking a pretty different approach this time around, um, in that the last time around, it was like this, gi- like gigantic scale arms race between MTV games and Activision. And they were all building, you know, millions upon millions of units of hardware and stuffing retail, like to the, you know, to the rafters, uh, with inventory and It was this gigantic volume play and a a pitched battle and very difficult, and it didn't end well for either of them, um, uh, or retail for that matter. And, um, you know, I'll just say this time around, it's not really how we're thinking about bringing the product to market. I mean, like capital issues aside that you touched on, we're really more focused on serving a, a smaller, dedicated core of rock band enthusiasts than we are uh, thinking about trying to recreate, like a phenomenon where like 20 million people are playing the game this time around.
0: So there is, you know, at least rumors swirling that Activision is also looking to get back into this. And you know, the way Activision tends to approach this stuff is go very big, go very loud immediately. You know, and I, I having been there and having competed directly against them you know, is there a temp- do you think there will be a temptation at all to try and go straight at them the same way you did before, or is it is it really just about keeping this experience more to the core audience, not worrying necessarily about what they're up to?
1: uh... yeah i would say that uh, unlike the last time around where it was pretty much it was clearly a slugfest between you know uh, uh, you know our publisher and activision on, on the franchise it's not really we're interested in going this time around i'm you know uh... if they do bring guitar hero back and you know one would imagine they would you know it'll come back at some point uh, i would expect um, they will go about it the way that activision does, you know generally does which you just described and you know more power to them i mean as i said we're very focused on i think Attending to a smaller more dedicated core of, of rock band fans rather than trying to recreate that craziness from last time around
0: So you got rock band on the horizon you got amplitude, you know coming this summer after the the successful Kickstarter yeah. uh, It seems like you know, you're, you're, you're going back into the catalog in you know some very but, but in a very focused way, you know and, and I'm curious after last year, where you guys tried to do some stuff that was smaller, it was not as immediately familiar. Uh, City Sleeps, which was a, a good game, uh, Fantasia, which I thought was a lot of fun, those games didn't necessarily hit. And I'm curious, you know, is there still room at Harmonix for working on smaller projects like that? You know, kind of pushing stuff like that forward, or is it maybe now more about just trying to get these franchises going again?
1: Uh, it's a mix of both. So I, look, I, I think the. Uh Obviously, we had an incredible history with Rock Band, and uh, you know we hope we can uh, you know bring back some of that uh, old flame with Rock Band. We feel very good about the new title and Amplitude. It's you know the new version is going to be awesome. It's going to be the definitive version of that title, the one we wished we could have made you know all those years ago. So those are two sort of pre-existing IPs that we're very excited about. But we also have to other new IPs and active uh, developments that are completely different from anything we've ever done before, much smaller projects that... um you know that are in active development and we're in sort of early prototyping phase on several more actually and most of that stuff is also smaller scale projects as well you know i think there's never an expectation that everything that we develop is going to be a hit that's the nature of the entertainment business you need to you know if everything that you do is successful you're probably not taking enough chances and um you know we're going to try to keep doing innovative development and find our way to you know the next new thing that becomes big for us
0: uh the last real rock band question that i have is you know and this is something that i've just kind of noticed in general with with music these days is that you know rock bands are not necessarily the focus of you know what mainstream music is all about right now there are some songs that you hear on like modern rock radio but a lot of it is very vocal focused synth heavy you know it's not necessarily like band music uh, there's obviously, like, a huge catalog of classic songs that, you know, have not been touched by any of these games yet, but I'm curious, you know, it, it, as far as, like, attracting a new audience, bringing new people into, into the sort of the rock band space, does the music that is out now, that is popular now, fit within the scope of what a rock band game is?
1: Well, so it's an interesting question because back in 2004, 2005 when we were working on Guitar Hero, we were actually really concerned about this problem at the time. You, you know, you looked at like the, the preceding 5 years of of Top 40 radio and it was all pop, R&B, hip hop. There was you know very close to no rock in mainstream radio at that point. And you know, we were really concerned that like did people even want to be rock stars anymore? Was this still an, a, like a broad aspiration for people? And it turned out that we got, you know, we were very fortunate that there was there was a swing back in the direction of rock in popular culture around the time of Guitar Hero and rock band, which you know uh, I think helped to a great degree. Um, in general, these things move in waves in popular culture, and it wouldn't surprise me if over the coming you know two or three years there was another pendulum swing back in the direction of rock and roll. In fact, I've already started to you know like see some tremors of that, um, and so you know I'm hoping that our, our time. Timing is, is good again in, in, in that regard.
0: Uh, last question. Without, you know, obviously there are big bands that have not been in any of these games. I'm curious what's the song that you most out of any song, doesn't matter what band, if they've been in the game or not, whatever, that you've always wanted to play in one of these games that you would most love to see come out of this?
1: Oh, well, that's a tough question because there are a lot, but, you know, if I could license, like, the entire Led Zeppelin catalog sure. to put in Rock Band, probably I would do that, you know. That's that's the one. I've been, a, like, a huge John Bonham fan since I was, like, 13 years old, and so, like, I'm, like, dying to play those songs in the game.
0: So there should be no problem at all yeah, getting yeah, I'll them together. i just phone
1: them up, and, yeah. you know, it should be easy.
0: All right, great. Thank you very much for your time, man. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, likewise, Alex. Good to see you.
0: So I'm now with uh, Greg La Piccolo and Eric Pope of Harmonix, who are both uh, working on the rock band for project. How you doing, guys? And finally, Hello. here is uh, well. Project Director so, uh, Rock, rock band, band is back, guys. How do you feel about that right now?
2: Uh, we this Greg. This is Greg, um, <laughs> this is Greg. <laughs> speaking now yeah. to you. Uh, it's been great. It's been like incredibly fun to get to work on it again. Um, it's a little terrifying. Uh, but the, like the vision that we have for like where to to push it forward, is, you know, just exciting to all of us creatively, and we can't wait to see what people think
0: of it. It's gonna be awesome.
3: Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, as you know, my job for so many years was also uh, your job for a year or two.
0: I don't know what you're talking about.
3: <laughs> Taking the game out around the country or the around the world, in yeah. fact, to show it to people. Um, and frankly, I've missed that a little bit. It was always a really fun part of the job, was going out and actually playing it with people. Whereas, you know, a lot of games, if you go out to demo them, you're just helping someone else play. But this is always a collaborative, like, social gaming experience, which I actually really miss. So I'm glad that it's coming back. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot. The expectations game is heavy because we did not to toot our own horn Rock Band 3 is the highest rated music game of all time uh, so we sort of set the bar the, oh my god the bar works. the bar <laughs> da, <laughs> set hi. the bar high kid uh, Yeah, <laughs> we set the bar really high with our own previous games and uh, that's I think a, a fun creative challenge but it's uh, you know we want to meet those expectations and exceed them the,
0: uh, the impression I got to, from talking to Alex was that, you know, it, the timing on this, basically, it seemed like the, uh, there was a certain amount of audience uh, willingness now to, to kind of come back to this. Uh, you guys did that survey recently, uh, and it sounds like you got a lot of feedback from that. Like, what was, I mean, so, I mean, what, what did you get from, from both the survey and just from, like, the general audience reaction? Like, what was it that sort of signaled, okay, now's the time we need to go forward on this?
2: I think it's a couple things. It's been you know five years yeah. since uh, since Rock Band three, um,
3: which is like a million years in console. It's like console years are like dog years. It feels like that's like a million years ago. Five years. It really does, you know.
2: <laughs> but it was also true that even you know for the for the for Rock Band one, it did not come. It was not a console launch title, right? It came out in uh, what year three, I think. Yeah. Um, because, you know, generally, sort of, our audience is, like, we have some hardcore players, but then we have a lot of casual players and so forth, and they're not the people necessarily who stood in line for a PS4, you know, or an Xbox One, you know, day-to-day, right? And so, yeah, okay, now we're two years in, and now it seems like our audience is now, you know, buying those consoles and so forth, and, uh, and, and I think that the sense we had, like, we never really knew, um... Oh will this just kind of fade away, or is there pent up demand that's going to come surging back? And that's basically what we've seen. Like we still have like you know several hundred thousand people who play regularly. Like people never stop playing; they never stop buying DLC. Um, like they're still there; they're waiting. And then like there's you know, more and more clamor. Like when is it going to come out on you know <laughs> on the new consoles? And then for us, like we you know we've been thinking about it long enough so that we I think we have a set of new ideas about what it could be. And that's really exciting to us because we don't want to just stay in one place. We want to kind of move forward. Yes, yeah. so
3: know? it was sort of that meeting point of like, feels right from just the practical sense. Like our survey did show a lot of the people who responded have those current gen, the new systems, um, and uh, but also the creative side too, that it wasn't just a business decision of like, oh, enough people have it now. Let's make it, make let's just do another rock band just for the sake of doing a rock band. It was alongside all of these years that we've been on a hiatus, for lack of a better word, from Rock Band, we've been making a lot of really challenging games, like Fantasia is a good example of just, that presented a ton of musical gameplay challenges that we hadn't really tackled before, and I think we learned a lot, Um, so the team has been learning, basically, for five years, which is crazy because they were already a veteran team, Um, but, you know, Greg in particular I think uh, has solved in a certain way some of the design problems that you wanted to do all along in rock band
2: yeah well not just me i mean there's
3: right. like bunch of brilliant <laughs> no, people we're just <laughs> <take> it. <laughs> it's great <It's like> piccolo's <laughs> rock band
0: for this is this is an interview we're just going to say you did everything i was
2: involved <laughs> yeah. you know but <laughs> um, uh, yeah yeah cuz there's like you know there's a set of kind of well, it was really interesting cuz we when we reimmersed ourselves in rock band to decide like okay would, do we want to do this at all and what would we do it's like there was two big takeaways, the first of which was, oh, my God, this game is so much fun. You know, it was like it was really easy to get back into it and rediscover, like, you know, all the coolness of it, you know, that we evolved over those years. And then the second thing was, oh, we can make this much better. Like, all the little flaws and, like, little design mm-hmm. issues we never really quite resolved or things that we were dissatisfied with, it all came bubbling up. And we realized that, you know, uh, as Eric says through some of the stuff that we did on Fantasia and just, you know, just general experience that like we're we're equipped to make this one better you know to actually like kind of push the push the franchise forward and push the you know even the, the genre forward in some some key ways
0: so we can expect a lot of motion control support then <laughs> is what
3: you're saying oh yeah it's kind of wall-to-wall <sighs> connect it's, it's connect you need a connect and an oculus oh god uh, <laughs> that's right uh yeah oh man that joke threw me i had a great follow-up to i'm Grace sorry Martin. i ruined everything this is why i'm not, <laughs> well, not a very jokes good joke's are always anymore. more important
0: <laughs> all right <laughs> So uh, just before we get into the specifics of the game, uh, from doing that survey and mm-hmm. just kind of you know gauging the audience reaction and stuff, was there anything that you were in particular surprised by? Anything that you learned especially from from that that, that maybe you didn't know before? Like what 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 really kind of came of that?
3: Um, for me, I was a bit surprised. So many people still have their hardware. Uh, I know that we all expected some amount to. Um, and then the amount, the percentages that we saw were definitely higher than I expected. Uh, so that's one thing. And, and, you know, we're working really hard to create as much compatibility with that hardware as we can. That is my PR-crafted way of answering that. Um, we are work- We are genuinely working really hard to make that happen. There are a lot of technical hurdles uh, that we shouldn't bother getting into because they're boring. Um, that was one... Um, One that isn't so much surprising, but was really reassuring. Uh, Part of the survey was respondents, of which there were about 70,000, which is crazy, um, had to stack rank in order of what's most important to them to least important uh, a number of of features that the previous games have had. Uh, And what was really nice was a lot, most of that, in, in fact, aligns kind of perfectly with the way that we're thinking about Rock Band Four in terms of the the feature set and and the priority list of what we're building, so that that was nice.
2: I mean, the, the two big ones it poked out was that people wanted to use their existing instruments, mm-hmm. so yeah. we're working very hard to make that as possible as we can. Some aspects of it are slightly out of our hands, but right. yes. but uh, we're working it hard. And the other was that people, you know, a lot of people have big uh, DLC investments and they want to migrate them forward, and that we are also working very hard on. Um, and, uh, and and we think you know. Uh, we're pretty hopeful that we
3: can pull it off. You know? Yeah, I, I think um, slightly more than 50% of respondents said that they own 50 pieces of DLC or more, right? Which is crazy. Which is crazy, and like, and that's not like 51, because a lot of them were 100 or more, mm-hmm. 150 or more, 200, and like, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes sense if you're one of those players who loved Rock Band and bought a lot of songs... You have a bit of a vested interest to want a new game um, that you can, again, play all that content that you've purchased, Uh, and that's just from the very beginning was a huge uh, focus for the game was that we would uh, honor those entitlements.
0: Well, it sort of goes back to the kind of what the original vision for Rock Band was. It was always intended to be this platform where yeah. you would buy music and that music would stay there and you would get to keep having it. And, you know, I just, so it, it seems like it would be an incredibly important thing to, to make sure that that stuff was at least in some way, on, on some level, compatible with this not, the, these new hard, these new consoles.
2: Yes. It, indeed. You know, and so and it goes without saying that all those songs are like, or the vast majority of them yeah. will be available for sale. Like yeah. you will be able to buy them. Uh, I think one of the things in the franchise in the past that's that we're the most proud of is the work that we did to license all those songs and to do like a really high you know craft level of authoring. Like we really like like reached a high standard and maintained that standard across like, you know, a couple thousand songs. and just going scrolling back through, you know, The store contents—it's like, oh my God, we have Tom Petty, oh we have Queen, we
3: have uh, Jimi Hendrix, we have The Doors, we have, you know, like an absurd number of amazing bands, you know. Which to me is is exciting when I think of the new the new Rock Band user, Mm -hmm. because it has been five years since the third Rock Band, Um, is what uh, eight years since the first Rock Band. So, you know, there could be a fifteen-year-old kid that's going to get this game that was just way too young to to play the previous ones and he's gonna have all this music to uh experience for the first time which is what for me personally is so i've always loved about the game is like exposing people to music they never otherwise would have heard of like you know we heard all the time i mean my personal story is like i'd never listened to rush before or boston like and now they're i love those those bands because specifically of playing them in rock band and that happened with so many people across the the set list that we had so so For that 15-year-old kid to buy Rock Band 4 when it comes out and to, you know, have the on-disc set list that we're obviously building as well, but also just this huge library at his fingertips to uh, play is just really exciting
0: uh so uh, talking to alex he described rock band 4 as perhaps a more focused experience uh than than you know perhaps especially like what three was so you know three was a, a very good game but also had a shit ton of stuff in it you know like there were a lot of different systems a lot of different features a lot of different hardware uh what does that focus mean like what, what is it that you guys feel like you're focusing the most on with this game
3: well, I don't.
2: I, we may not want to get into super specifics, <laughs> but I think that the thing that like was kind of like the the creative touchstone for mm-hmm. us was the living room experience. Right. Like that, that right. really it's kind of the beating heart of rock band is like you and your friends and family cranking in the mm-hmm. living room, you know. Um, and what can we do to make that experience more emotionally meaningful and to connect people better together and to give people more ability to kind of express themselves yeah like how can we approach the ideal of like a real rock band like what what you know design features can we add to make that you know like as real as we can get it and uh, I think we've had a lot of success I'm really excited about where it's going
3: yeah what's exciting about that again without well we'll get into more details as we get closer to E3 you know how the press cycle goes but without getting too much into it I, I it's there's there are obviously some big new features um, but there are also these really small, very nuanced things that have been uh, uh, introduced that I love so much. Like it just it's the experience that we know, addressing something that maybe you even, never even thought of as being like a problem with the game, but it just like elevates it that much further. Like, that's what I love about it. It's like we're not going to alienate people. It's the rockman experience they love, but it's all these little improvements that kind of build on each other that's actually pretty exciting.
0: One of the things that, you know, contributed to uh, Rock Band sort of having to take a break was that there's, there were a hell of a lot of those plastic instrument games coming out all within a very short span of time. Uh, you know, it obviously wasn't just Harmonix that was doing that. It was just kind of everywhere. And so I'm curious, like, and I'm, I don't know if maybe this has been talked about yet at all or not, but, like, what, what do you feel like the longer-term vision is for this? Like, if, if Rock Band 4 sort of reintroduces and, and reestablishes the, the franchise, Is this gonna turn back to yearly sequel kind of thing? Are you looking at supporting this particular game for a longer period of time? Do you have any ideas about that stuff?
3: We're definitely not at all interested in another nuclear arms race, that's for sure. Uh, We're having a lot of discussions about that in particular. I think there are a lot of things with this new, uh, it's not even new at this point, but the current console generation Mm -hmm. that give us a lot more options than we had in the past in terms of of how we want the franchise uh to continue beyond this retail release that we're doing um and uh i mean there's still active discussions but uh, we have a you know i think i think there's a lot of opportunities there to not fall into some of the same uh routines as last gen that people rightly and retailers even like people got a little burnt out for whatever reason and um The thing that I do come back to about that, though, is uh, I've never believed that it was a fad. Uh, I think there is obviously a huge crescendo of popularity because of, you know, it was just everywhere. It was in popular media. Um, But music has never been a fad. Music is music. It's a huge part of people's lives. Um, And that's why I think there's plenty of space for a new rock band to come back and make an impact.
2: And I think, I mean, you know, we can't prove any of this, but I think one of the things that, that we also think that happened is <clears throat> for a whole set of reasons, like, some of the core gameplay wasn't really evolving, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of healthy genres it does, right? It's like, you you know, each, you know, generation of shooter or RPG builds on the shoulders of what came before, and, like, they keep getting, you know, arguably better. And um, And that should be true of our, you know... Of our genre as well and i think for this release we will be able to demonstrate that it is you know that there's that like there's more gameplay ideas there's more musical ideas um you know there's new ways to have this experience
3: yep
0: so you guys are also you are going to be doing new hardware for this one right yes okay so you're also independently publishing this game uh, with partnership with Mad Cats, correct? Correct. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how terrifying is it as an independent publisher to be putting out a potentially, you know, maybe not hugely expensive, potentially kind of expensive I box like this? I don't to tell
3: you that I come to work every day and cry for the first 15 minutes at my desk. I don't want you to, to, to know that.
0: I'm ending the interview right here. This oh, is no? just what we're going to know.
3: Um, so it's super, I, it, the, the business in general is super scary regardless of this game as an independent, uh, developer, which we are, we're a big developer compared to an indie studio, but we're definitely an independent developer that is not living on clouds of money. Mm -hmm. Um, and we've done a ton of stuff in the last few years branching out in ways we've never done. We've done things on PC. We've done things on mobile. Um, obviously the motion stuff that you mentioned. We've even got this VR music visualizer that we're working on. Like we're trying a lot of new stuff. Um, But uh, I think what we've learned is to plan really smartly. And from everything that I've seen, we're planning very smartly about how we are going to self quote unquote, self publish rock band uh, with mad cats We're we're, we're not you're not gonna see seas, oceans of plastic instruments lining the shelves of every story going that you know, collecting dust. We're I think we're planning the, the supply chain really smartly and our quantities really smartly um, and focusing on the right thing. So yes, it's a scary thing, but I'm I'm actually pretty heartened about a lot of the choices and decisions I'm seeing.
0: Obviously there are a few big bands that have never been in any of these games. You know, there are lots of songs that have never been in any of these games. Just give me a song. Give me a song you've always wanted. It, it, it doesn't I, matter. I personally have always Yeah, that you've always wanted in this that you, you would hope to see in, in a rock band somewhere down the road, DLC or otherwise.
3: <sighs> oh, my God. That is such a loaded question. Um, it doesn't have to be. It just be a song you like. So you know me. I, w- I would love to finally get a, a, a special song. Sure. I love ska. Mm-hmm. I think some atrocities have happened in the genre of ska far long after Scottrocities the, after, if you will yes <laughs> which is the name of my Scott band <laughs> Scottrocities um, the specials were just such a great great time in music they were part of the UK punk thing they were promoting this you know this this unified um, uh, racially integrated band when it wasn't on the forefront in England, and their music's just great, um, and actually great on all instruments. I think would, I think it would fire on all cylinders in rock bands. So that's my personal number one.
0: I opened for them once, you know.
3: Really? Yeah. In the 90s? Uh, yeah, mid 90s. Amazing. Southern California. That's what about movie. you, Greg?
2: Ooh, uh, I've got a f- like a few bands that you know that I really like and follow that that you know not a lot of people know about, mm-hmm. but that, but I would be excited to see this game and.
0: Lobbying behind the
2: scenes. You can, you,
0: can, you can name one of them if you want. You know, maybe someone will go look it up. Rival schools. Hell yeah, I love that band. Yeah. That first record is amazing.
2: It is amazing. It's and unbelievable. It would play great, and just I think it would like blow people's minds. I was
0: even shocked how good that second one was. It was like ten years later, it was yes. still super good. Oh, yeah.
3: See, I, I know it's what he's up. talking yeah. about. Oh, yeah. Good taste. Well, go.
0: well, thank you guys very much for your
3: time. Of course, anytime, Alex.
0: You bet. So I'm now here with uh, the creative lead on Harmonix's Amplitude, Ryan Lesser. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. It's good to see you. Yeah, it's been a long time. I, 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 I even the last couple of times I've been through here. I don't think we got a chance to say, sit
4: down and say, "Hey." Yeah. Yeah. No. It's it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I used to be buried in the back of the office, but now I'm out here in the Amplitude pit. Right on, man. So how's the how's the project going for you guys so far? Uh, it's been great. You know, it's um, it's been really awesome to work on a team that is much smaller than the teams i'm used to you know being on um even though it isn't a tiny team anymore mm-hmm. um uh it is still a, a really nice sized team and we've been doing a lot of really cool stuff it was nice to start where we started you know with a little bit of a a little bit of a basis mm-hmm. of what we wanted to do and then be creative on top of that so in general it's been um mostly fun and mostly <laughs> chill you know with times of you know and times of craziness like kind of spikes but in general it's been awesome uh so amplitude represents the
0: first time harmonics has gone the kickstarter route uh to to bring a project together um What was ultimately what what brought you guys to that decision to go with the crowdfunding route for that game? And you know, honestly, like, kind of how how was it like for you guys watching kind of the
4: final hours on that thing tick off and see
0: it hit its goal?
4: Well, we let's see, we um we were in a real transitional period at Harmonix, like figuring out what we wanted to be, um, in the next phase of our life, and it was an interesting moment in time where there were actually a, a bunch of options, like. Big companies and small companies, big publishers, small com- publishers. Everything was sort of switching mm-hmm. uh, at that period in time, um, more than I, f- more t- in a more turbulent way than I feel like I've seen in a long time. Um, and we thought about the different options for making a game now, especially of this scale, and um, uh, we decided to try a couple of them. You know, like, you know, if you were following any of the games we were putting out there for a little while, we were trying all different types of development, including uh, open development, you know, making games in a more transparent way than we ever have before. And uh, you sort of couple that with, like, uh, me and a few other people who really wanted to remake Amplitude. Um, and we know, you know, knowing the history of that game, we knew that this wasn't an, automatic and very obvious home run. This is something we loved and we knew a lot of people out there loved when we did the original game. But it wasn't obvious that this is just going to be the next big thing. So Kickstarter came up, you know, crowd crowdfunding in general. I had recently done um, some Kickstarters for my own personal stuff and it was fun and interesting and it seemed like a really good way to find out if people wanted what you wanted to make. And so we gave it a shot as again as one of those sort of experiments for what Harmonics wanted to do and how we wanted to do it, and this was our this was our um, venture into crowdfunding. Um, as far as what it was like to you know during that period of time, it was crazy. Uh, we did a shorter Kickstarter uh, period than we initially wanted to do, um, just based on a, a bunch of different um, random inputs here, but. Uh, we had a lot of cool harmonics talent that wanted to work on the game and was able to work on the game and made stuff really quickly. We threw down a lot of cool, you know, art, concept art. And, and so the sort of the Kickstarter period was hectic and fast, but it was really fun. Um, and then, you know, it, it, uh, you know, I'm guessing you're referencing like the final, final week okay. of that, of that yeah. Kickstarter, which was pretty crazy. It was looking... Um, like, maybe we wouldn't make it, although we certainly had a lot of money in the Kickstarter bucket, but mm-hmm. we weren't um, as close as we would have liked to have been, um, let's say, a week out of the uh, out of the deadline. Um, and it was just really wild to watch it grow. We did a, a lot of stuff internally at Harmonix, like, sort of uh, pep rally style, like getting everybody psyched and trying to get everyone to spread the word and and function as, like, a single unit to be like, hey, there's... There's hundreds of people here at the company right now, if you want to make this game or if you want harmonics to make this game, like talk to one person <laughs> you know and and then they will talk to one person and that's like the minimum and let's just see what happens and there was a lot of internal love for the project and people here who decided to fund the game, and a lot of people that we know, and then it sort of spread and so on and so on so it was wild um, I was very optimistic um, uh, having you know, backed dozens and dozens of Kickstarters and created a few myself, I knew that anything could happen, you know, and, um, the, the small team that was on it at the time I thought was doing their best. So I, I remained optimistic and I was really happy to see the final outcome. You were talking before about just kind of having more open developmental
0: processes now, especially with like some of the smaller stuff that you're working on. I think with Kickstarter, like you kind of have to be, cause you know, once, you get all those backers behind you there's a certain amount of transparency that's sort of like automatically baked into that whole system like you have to keep them updated you have to let them know what's going on has that been do you think generally a beneficial process for you guys to go through has it been
4: problematic in any ways like like how has that been uh well you know it could have gone a million ways i think it's gone very well um I like in general, I like showing people stuff as it's being made. Now not you know I was the art director here for 15 years and um, only recently moved into this position, but as art director, I got to work with hundreds of artists and it's very interesting like I, I was I spent all that time with people who half of them like to show stuff in mm-hmm. progress and half of them hate to show stuff in progress. They want to show the final piece. So I could see why this might be stressful for some people, but for me, I really like it. I wanted to show uh, the game as it's being made. And a lot of people on the team feel the same way. Um, it, it has a strange, uh, just sort of another point within that topic, it has a very strange um, effect on the developers and on development. Uh, in a weird way, it relieves some pressure because sort of like in the spirit of hey, I'm going to kickstart this thing. If people want it, it'll get paid for. And if they don't want it, it won't. This this sort of happens in a micro way as you're releasing um, updates to the public. So if Annette posts something that shows concept art or shows early gameplay footage or whatever, it's kind of nice to just right then and there see what people think. Now, these are people who want to like the game because they're the ones who paid for it. Right. Um, so you already know there's their supporters. So their feedback is going to be very important and is, gonna, is very valid. Um, and I just feel like that relieves a bit of pressure. Because if you make something and everyone's psyched, then you can just move on. You don't have to wait for a year later when you finally release the game or finally show trailer uh, footage of the finished game um, to see if, if you screwed up. <laughs> um, and it's. And it's actually made a lot of decisions somewhat easier for us along the way. Like, oh, we're putting some footage together to show to the world. Oh, well, typically if this was like a rock band or something and we were showing a game this early, we would all be fretting because we're like, it doesn't look like what the real game's going to look like. It's too early. But now it's just like, just it's an open development game. Let's put it out there. We'll tell people it's early. People will just get it. And so you know, uh, it's, it's fun. It's really different.
0: So, I got a chance to play for a little bit earlier. Uh, I think the best compliment I can pay it is that it is, it reminds me of Amplitude. It is, it felt like Amplitude right off the bat. Uh, has that feedback kind of been consistent with you know the people you, you, you've you showed the game to thus far? Like how has the response been?
4: Has anything been surprising about the way people have reacted to it? It's been, no, it has it been very much like what you stated. Um, you know, when we showed it at PSX, and and um, anytime we show it to the backers, and, and they get a chance to play, and even internal developers who have started um, playtesting the game that are on our other projects, you hear that a lot. You're like, they're just like, this feels like Amplitude. And we'll go into slumps where we'll kind of mess something up a little bit, but, you know, uh, Adam Cardoza, you know, a developer here, mm-hmm. just recently played it, and he had been kind of bummed at one point in our development because he didn't think it felt exactly right and he's a big fan of the original and the other day he playtested he's like i take back everything i ever said it feels amazing this is totally amplitude and you know we really want to satisfy those people um just like a weird behind the scenes tidbit um in order to get that feel perfect we could have kind of done two things we could have started from scratch mm-hmm. and done our best and just put a lot of faith in the few of us that have been here since then to remember everything we did, which is impossible. Or we could have migrated some key elements of the code over, you know, and that's what we did. So Eric Malafu was fighting hard to, uh, or I should say he was a, a big proponent of mm-hmm. moving code over versus starting from scratch. And in the end, I believe it had a lot to do with why the game feels so... Connected to the original, and what you know for those people that don't know what that means to move code, like it's not like we just copied and pasted the game, right? right? It's just there's an awful lot of logic, uh, spatial um, uh, proportions that we've already decided upon. How fast something should move. There's a lot of little things that we could have experimented with and probably gotten wrong, but those little those little kernels of the game, the little like primordial nuggets, mm-hmm. like we moved those over and. That helped us make this game feel a, a lot like the original game. So the game's currently targeted for a summer
0: release. Uh, what does the long term for Amplitude look like? Like, how do you plan to support the game past you know that that the launch date? Once you settle on that, is it look like DLC? Does it look like feature updates? Does it look like a full fledged sequel? If this one does well
4: for you, like, what what are you kind of looking toward right now? Well, I mean, anything I would say would entirely be based on unknowns like what how how well is the game going to do so i'll speak optimistically yeah if the game does really well and in addition to the people who backed the game it just sells very well um we've talked about um making more music for the game we've talked about making more content for the game um could be more beat blasters or or anything like that could be bigger features. Um, and when I say we've talked about it, it's just like, what is the development team psyched to bring to the, to the players? Um, we certainly have done awesome work with DLC in the past at Harmonix mm-hmm. that we're really proud of, and I would just love to do that here. But um, we're trying to be very conservative. We didn't raise you know $20 million to make this game, so we can't put everything into the game. But that doesn't mean we haven't thought about what we would like to be in it so hopefully it does well it doesn't even have to do amazingly well but if it does well enough we do um have plans uh uh figuring out how to get people more music or more content and then yes there have been some big features that we've talked about that would be amazing that go into amplitude 2.0 um territory so uh do we have plans to do any of that no have we planned for it Uh, I would say yes, we've done some planning for it. Cool. Thank you very much for your time, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem.